Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it appears to be beginning a series of strategically timed leaks to take the sting out of the upcoming Inspector General report about the FBI's effort in conjunction with the intelligence community to spy on then-candidate, now-President Donald J. Trump. But... As I will cover in the show today, I would not get too excited just yet. There's a little wrinkle to that story. Stay tuned. Huge show today, including, I'll give you a little teaser, Don Trump Jr. interview coming up later on too, what we talked about. Just got done recording that. Without further ado, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's Friday, and we are chatting. Yes, full it of is. Stuff. And apparently, Siri yeah. thought you were talking to her again. Oh, so hey, we Siri, how you doing, baby? That. She, she does that all the time. Yeah, every time on yeah. the show. It always interrupts my show. Yeah, great yeah, interview. Great interview with Don yeah. Trump Jr. later. Nice job. But we have a loaded show for you today. I'm also going to hit on um, the specific reason. Certain people want you to not pay attention to the George Soros, Ukraine, Spygate, the whole angle. There's a very specific reason. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Bravo. I got their shirt on today. Bravo Company Manufacturing. We love Bravo Company Manufacturing. Visit Bravo Company MFG.com. Why would you do that? Well, you would visit them because you're probably in the market for a rifle. Uh, a rifle that is of the highest quality, exquisitely made, that fires precisely and doesn't malfunction on you when you need it. Well, you got to go to Bravo then. Folks, listen, Bravo Company Manufacturing. You know, they tell you, as I say often when I do the read for this company, which I love, they say never tell uh, the audience what a company isn't. No one likes negatives, but in this case, it matters. Bravo Company Manufacturing is not a sporting arms company, okay? If you want a sporting arm, a hunting rifle, that's fine. That's great. But that's not what they do. They design, engineer, and manufacture, listen, life-saving equipment. It's not a sporting arms company. Bravo Company Manufacturing assumes when one of their rifles leaves their shop, it'll be used, God forbid, in a life-or-death situation. But that's the assumption they make with every piece of equipment, every rifle they send out. They'll be used by a responsible citizen law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. Quality is all that matters to them. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin, to a life-saving standard. This is life-saving equipment. BCM puts people before their products. They build their products because they feel it's their moral responsibility to provide tools that will not fail the end user when it's not a paper target or a hunting competition. But somebody, somebody, God forbid, coming to do them harm. BCM knows reliable life-saving tools matter. That's why they produce life-saving equipment and the highest quality rifles out there. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, cool shirts too, head on over to Bravo Company MFG, Mary Frank George, bravocompanymfg.com. Discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. Do not buy a rifle before you go to bravocompanymfg.com. Bravo Company, MFG.com. You need more convincing? Go to their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bravo Company US, USA. You will not be disappointed. I have two of these. They are terrific. All right, Joe, let's go. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the whole Soros thing that came up yesterday at the impeachment trial, I'm not just bringing this up randomly. The Democrats brought it up yesterday, which I find fascinating. I want to cover the breaking news last night 
which candidly screwed up my entire show. Right. I had the whole show ready to go, right, Paul? I was preparing for my Don Trump Jr. interview, and all of a sudden, breaking news, CNN, uh, that's convenient, by the way, CNN and the Washington Post, which says to me it's a leak meant to take the edge off the upcoming IG report, has breaking news that uh, the FBI, there's an, a line lawyer in the FBI that is being investigated criminally for changing a, a an email, apparently, used as a supporting document for the FISA warrant on Carter Page. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that sounds pretty devastating. Um, but just let me show you quickly. Well, I'll get to the Washington Post thing in a minute. All right. This is devastating. But it, it, it's pretty horrible. I'm not going to, you know, go crazy with this and be hyperbolic because um, I'm losing confidence in the day by the IG with the IG report. I'll explain why in a moment. Before I yeah, get to that, though. Please do. Yeah. Because I know, I know, yeah. everybody was, I know, I got the emails. Everybody was emailing, oh my gosh, Dan, you're showing them ours. You're going to go crazy somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so convinced. I'm with the listeners. Nah, sorry. Yeah. All right. I'll tell you why first. Here's the good part first. This All is, right. the by the way, the good part, I mean, some accountability is coming. Here is known anti-Trumper, a guy who can't stand, this guy hates my guts, by the way. I know. Former United <laughs> States attorney in New York. Oh, he can't stand me. Preet Bharara who uh, he was on CNN. This guy can't stand Trump. He hates me um, here. He's even acknowledging that this, this admission now apparently uh, been the, in the Horowitz report that the FBI may have changed the document is big trouble for the FBI. Check out Preet Bharara right here. Preet Bharara, the uh, former U S attorney for the Southern district of New York. What's your reaction, Preet? Well, that's kind of an alarming uh, bit of news. Uh, obviously based on what Evan is saying, there's a lot we don't know, but, but given the description he has provided, if there was an FBI agent sworn to uphold the Constitution who uh, can be proven to have altered a document in connection with a legal proceeding, including the obtaining of a FISA warrant, that, that's really serious. It doesn't get a lot more serious than that. Um, I'd like to know the details of, of what the nature of the change was, if there's a mistake in some way. Um, you know, based on that reporting, it doesn't sound like it was. I want to keep an open mind about it, but, but that's not a good thing. It's a terrible thing. You know, we, the law enforcement agents... And prosecutors who work with them are sworn to uphold the Constitution, sure, but actually even exceed the protections in the Constitution. They have to be of the utmost integrity and the utmost candor. And when, especially you're making a, represent, a representation to the court, which is what a FISA application is, uh, it's got to be on the up and up. And I know there's been a lot of you know, political fighting about whether or not th there was proper candor. And there was this back and forth with the House, uh, it, it, within the House Intelligence Committee when the positions were reversed between Devin Nunes and uh, Adam Schiff, and that looked like a lot of politics. This particular thing that Evan Perez has just broken the story on uh, does sound serious. Now, folks, you may be watching it going, Dan, I don't get it. Why are we not piling on? This is great. They finally got him. They changed documents to spy on Carter Page uh, through a FISA warrant who was a member of the Trump team and through Carter Page spying on the Trump team as well. We finally nailed him to the wall. We may. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here for hysterics and explosive bombshells and all in the... I'm here to tell you the truth. I have been skeptical from the start that certain people were going to be nailed to the wall on this thing because I believe the deep state is deeper than most of us imagine. And I believe people are running to cover up. Now, let me give you the good and the bad first. By by the good, by, when I say the good, I mean the accountability portion. Is finally, we are getting some accountability. All right. The good portion of this or the good signals, breaking good news. Um, the fact that the leak was to CNN and apparently the Washington Post, which I'll put up in, in a moment here, about this FBI line lawyer who's being criminally investigated, yeah. says to me, Joe, 
And I, it should signal to you, and some it, of you are getting this if you're regular listeners to my show, because you, you're, yeah, I know what you're, that they leaked to CNN and the Washington Post says that the deep state swamp rats and the Department of Justice and the FBI involved in the spying scandal on Donald Trump see the information in the inspector general's report is so dangerous and so pernicious mm -hmm. that they had a leak it in advance late on a Thursday into a Friday during the impeachment trial during the last day where that was dictating the news stories. Why folks to take the edge off? Yep. I ask you this, a knife, right? Do you want the knife? Uh, right. It no, I die. That would really hurt. So what do you do? You just kind of poke a little bit. It hurts. It's annoying, but yeah. it's certainly not going to kill you. What they're doing here, these swamp rats who are leaking this because a number of people have seen the IG reports, and I'm getting this from professionals in the business who have never lied to me. This show is frequently three or four weeks ahead of the news cycle, if not more. They leaked that out because there's potentially more damaging information to come. And if they feel like if they just poke slowly, it'll hurt a little bit. The public will get it, but a long weekend will go by. The impeachment thing's still going on. And by Monday, everybody will forget. That says to me and should signal to you that the IG report could be, could be damning. There could be bad information in there. Got it? Yeah. Yeah, agree. Yeah. What, what's not good about this on the accountability front is it appears, at least from the leaks, that there's an effort to hedge bets again. Ladies and gentlemen, the big scandal in the Spygate scandal, spying operation on Donald Trump, it's not that Donald Trump was spied on. That is a scandal and his team. What would be scandalous is if it wasn't predicated, right? We do facts here. Yeah. If Donald Trump, if they had legitimate information that Donald Trump was working with the Russians, ladies and gentlemen, to become the president and overthrow the United States on behalf of the Russians, then I think we'd all agree, great, spy on him. Correct? Mm. Of course, that's nonsense. None of that actually happened. Mm -hmm. The scandal is not that he was spied on. It's that he was spied on without predication. In other words, a set of facts leading to probable cause that would make the spying legal. In other words, illegal spying on a presidential candidate. Now, why is that bad? Because look at the Washington Post. By the way, hat tip to the awesome Technofog on Twitter and Undercover Huber, who do terrific legal analysis when this stuff comes out. Can't recommend you follow them enough on Twitter. I believe this came from his account. I'm not sure. But this is from the Washington Post story on this. And look, this is where it gets ugly, folks. Quote, Inspector General Horowitz found that the employee, they're talking about the lawyer that manipulated this piece of evidence to spy on Carter Page, erroneously indicated he had documentation to back up a claim he had made in discussions with the Justice Department about the factual basis for the FISA application. Here's where it gets bad. He then altered an email to back up that erroneous claim, they say. I'm, I'm sorry. It, this is not the piece I wanted. Let me just, I'm sorry. That's totally my fault. I sent this to Paula. That part, that's the good part. It goes on to say, forgive me, folks, but later on it goes on to say, that it doesn't change the factual predicate for the spying on Carter Page. In other words, the story's been updated later to say that the predication for the spying may have still been legitimate. Okay. Hmm. So, folks, right. again, this is why I don't get crazy with this stuff. 
and why I believe there won't be any substantial accountability in this until we get John Durham uh, and, and John Durham, the United States attorney, to get heads to roll. That sounds really devastating from the Washington Post. Yeah. And then you see down in the story later, which we'll put up, that, of course, oh, it didn't change the factual predication for the spying. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the scandal. The scandal is, isn't that Trump and his team were spied on? It's that they were spied on for no reason, illegally. If the Washington Post be saying, yes, they were spied on and information was doctrine evidence, but the predication for the spying is still legitimate, it says to me somebody is still covering their butts. Why? Because the predication was not legitimate. Joe, if I've ever needed you as an ombudsman, I need you now. No, I would. Everything you just said is pretty easy. Okay. That, you know, I can see I, it from oh, good. I think points. so, too. Okay. I just want to make sure the audience gets it. I think they it. can. That the was good. scandal here is the FBI and Department of Justice did not have adequate information right. to spy on someone. The scandal would be devastating if they altered evidence, as we now know happened, according to the Washington Post. And by the way, remember the chain of command. Again, we're always a few weeks ahead of the news cycle here. The chain of command for the FISA application and the Woods file, the Woods files, the verification for the information, uh -huh. was Kevin Kleinsmith from the FBI, Sally Moyer, and then Tashina Guajara. We say her name wrong. Those were the line lawyers involved. We'll see what the email said. Now, why do I think this is bad? Bad for us, not bad for them. Because, folks, if someone is insisting in this leak that the FBI still believes they had factual predication to spy on the Trump team, we got nothing, ladies and gentlemen. We have an administrative thing. Yeah. Really, we have a guy who made an administrative change on evidence. It's criminal nonetheless, but it's not. What does that matter? Much ado. That's that's not the scandal. Yeah. The scandal is that to spy on, follow me here. This is where it's important. Okay, but To spy on Carter Page in a FISA warrant, you have to prove two things. Don't ever forget this. Number one, you have to prove that Carter Page was acting on behalf of a foreign agent. And, not or, and, that he was acting on behalf of a foreign agent in violation of U.S. law. Ladies and gentlemen, acting on behalf of a foreign agent in the United States is not illegal. Mm -hmm. We'd have to arrest every diplomat for a foreign country. They're acting on behalf of a foreign Are they not? Mm -hmm. Arrest him, the ambassador from Swaziland. Yeah. He's not doing anything wrong. Lobbyists act on behalf of foreign agents all the time. It's not illegal. They petition the government about all kinds of things. You cannot do so in violation of a specific law. Right, okay. Why does any of this matter? Because, folks, I believe the FBI at the uppermost levels involved, the people involved in the Carter Page spying application, are pulling the wool over your eyes. You're not going to get this analysis anywhere else. They're continually assisting to you, insisting to you, forgive me, that the predication for the warrant was legitimate because Carter Page was acting on behalf of a foreign agent. It doesn't matter. What law did Carter Page break? The answer, Joe, zero. Oh, yeah. No laws. Carter Page has never been charged with a crime. So you're saying that, um, you know, the, the details, and that's where the devil is, have 
really been left out, and we'll get whacked with them yes. later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The FBI continues to insist publicly that right. they have predication to spy on Page and that they've met this standard. They haven't. They haven't even met the Carter Page was acting on behalf of a foreign government standard, no less breaking the law. Remember what I told you in an episode over a year ago? That the bribery charge against Carter Page, that he was being bribed uh, vis-a-vis a Russian gas company. He was being offered an extensive interest worth millions of dollars in a Russian gas company in exchange for his role in the collusion scheme, right? Okay. Do you remember what I told you over a year ago? That that bribery charge mysteriously appears in the later dossiers, almost like it's an updated edit. Why? Now it's all coming together. Why would that appear in a later dossier? Because maybe they tried pitching Christopher Steele, Simpson, and Nellie Orr's earlier dossiers, and someone in the FBI came back after their FISA warrant was rejected and said, hey, this is all disturbing stuff about Carter Page dealing with Russia, foreign agent. But we need a violation of U.S. law. Oh, let me just throw this bribery thing in there. Yeah. (laughs) Dig deep, folks. Dig deep. I'm sorry. that I don't mean to get so analytical in this show, but this is a layered, complicated case with a very simple premise. The simple premise is this. The FBI spied without a legal reason to do so. The FBI suggesting their legal reason to do so was a dossier. I'm telling you the dossier was updated, updated with a crime Carter Page committed, a fake bribery charge, because the earlier FISA warrants didn't meet number two, the violation of U.S. law, briberies against the law. And what's also convenient is in the earlier versions of the dossier written by, we now know, Fusion GPS, Nellie Orr, and Glenn Simpson, what Lee Smith in his book, The Plot Against uh, Trump, calls the proto-dossiers. Listen to this wrinkle. Oh, this is a good one. That the bribery charge that magically gets inserted against Carter Page when I believe their initial FISA is denied because they need a crime, number two. Hmm. The bribery charge through this Russian gas company and Igor Sechin, ladies and gentlemen, is magically the same set of characters Christopher Steele references in his earlier work with the FBI on the soccer scandal, where he claims the Russians tried to bribe this soccer federation yeah. using the same gas company and players. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> you, yeah. you, you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. Christopher Steele has worked with the FBI in the past. As an informant, unrelated to Russian collusion with Trump. Forget that for a second. Steele has been what they call a credible informant in the past, wherein this international soccer scandal, bribes for the World Cup and things like that, Steele alleged he had information that the Russians were using this gas company and others to bribe the international audience to get the World Cup. All of a sudden, Steele... Simpson and Nellie Orr present these dossiers to the FBI to get the Trump team spied on. The dossiers have to meet a two-pronged test to get a FISA warrant. Foreign agent, violation of U.S. law. 
These initial dossiers indicate Page may have been a foreign agent. Not true, but it doesn't matter. But the FISA warrants, I believe, get denied at some level. They may not have even made it to the court. Someone filters back to Steele. Hey, buddy. Meet. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> like my buddy used to say. We need a crime in here. Oh, man. What a crime in the past. Oh, the FIFA thing. The bribe. Oh, yeah. The, the same guys bribed Carter Page, too. There you go. Well done. I'll be back after I let them know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Let me let them know they were bribed. Very good. Well done. Exactly. Good. Well said. Yes. Folks, that, that, that's the bad news and why I'm not getting all excited about this thing. Again, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I want yeah. you to have the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if the FBI is still insisting through their leaks to the Washington Post and CNN that the thing was predicated the spying, when it was predicated on a fake dossier with fake information, we're nowhere. We're nowhere. We got a guy that changed an email who's going to do what, a day or two in jail because he lied? Who cares? Hmm. That's not the accountability we want. Everybody involved in this needs to get in handcuffs and spend real time in jail for breaking the law. I'm not getting excited, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble. Well, and I'm tired of being disappointed. You, you kind of did. You did. You really, you burst a lot of bubbles. But you know what? They have to be burst in the name of reality. You know, it's got to be said. And Joe, I, I'm not, I don't mean to, yeah. no, I'm glad you brought because I don't want to tamper expectations. Right. I have not, folks, listen, I, I'm being, I have great sources. I've got some ideas about what's going on and coming out. Yeah. The IG report will be coming out in December. I'm withholding judgment till I see it. I'm not getting excited about this. I thought it was a good revelation last night. Now my I'm I'm just I'm encouraging you to wait and let's get the facts on this. Doesn't mean give up. We don't do that. It's not the quitter show. Go find another show if you're interested in quitting. I'm not. All right, folks. Let me get to some more. The Soros thing yesterday was just like out of the blue in the in the fake whistleblower and fake impeachment hearing. Dude. This is totally out of the blue. I'll get to that in a second. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Ali. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, listen, Ali sells food for dogs. Notice I didn't call it dog food. Why? Because dog food is a negative connotation. Who wants to eat dog food? This is not dog food. This is a food for dogs. You can literally eat this stuff. I'm not kidding. It is human-grade food. And your dog's health is as important as every other member of your family. And it starts with what you feed them. But do you know what's in your dog's food? Ali puts dogs first. Our dogs, which we've hijacked from my grandmother, baby, look at baby boy. Come on, look at the baby boy right there. Look at those oh. eyes. How are you going to get a dog oh. like that, the baby boy? Come the baby boy, baby boy loves baby. Ollie. That's the, I know, we yeah. love the baby I know. boy. My, my mother-in-law named the baby. So, oh, the cutest dog ever. Ollie puts dogs first. Baby won't eat anything else. With vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. Ali makes fresh meals for dogs with real ingredients people can eat, delivers them to you on a regular schedule. I always, excuse me, I always use the example of, you know, if you give your dog a piece of steak, is it dog food? No, it's a piece of steak you gave to your dog. That's how fresh and healthy this food is. It is food for dogs. They, Ali beat out store-bought uh, dog food at 10 to 1 on the palatability scale. Listen, that's a fancy way of saying, you know what, the stuff just tastes good. Dogs love it because they create customized vet formulated recipes made with all natural ingredients, no preservatives and sourced from fresh U.S. family farms. Go to my Ollie, dot com. Answer a few questions about your dog and they'll customize recipes for your dog. They'll ship pre-portioned meals, pop them open, feed them your dog. So your pup gets the perfect portion every time. 
They've delivered how many? Five million meals and counting. Shipping is free. And if your dog doesn't like the meals, it's just simple. They have a money-back guarantee. Trust me, they're going to love them. Ollie's offering our listeners 60, not six, 60, six zero, 60% off your first box, plus a free bag of treats at myolly, myolie.com slash try slash Bongino. Make sure you get the website right for this deal. It's the best deal they have available anywhere. Myolie.com slash try slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 60% off plus a free bag of treats. Spelled M-Y-O-L-L-I-E dot com slash try slash Bongino. Your dog is going to love Ollie. Check it out today. Okay. So yesterday I'm watching this impeachment fiasco again. Total joke, farce, completely melted down to Democrats. By the way, I saw this morning, I didn't include it in the show um, because I just, there was so much going on. But Paul Bedard has a great piece of the Washington Secrets, uh, his piece. Epic fail, Trump's approval's up, money's coming in. This has just been a total disaster for the Democrats. Anyone telling you otherwise is completely lying. So smile a little bit today. Uh, Adam Schiff completely imploded, and this thing's been a joke. But yesterday at the end of the hearing, a representative, forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong, I mean no disrespect, sincerely. Um, uh, Representative Krishnamurthy, who's a Democrat, I think that's how you say it, he started a question. He's a Democrat. So he starts to question Fiona Hill, who was up there as a so-called uh, Russia-Ukraine expert, who, as I said yesterday, is apparently unaware of Ukrainians' efforts to influence our election, which are already documented in court case. I don't know how she missed that. She claims to be a regional expert. But this seemed to come out of the blue. Christian, and now, before I get to the sound uh, here, I want to be sure I, I preface this by telling you nothing. Nothing the Democrats do is by chance. Nothing. If something's brought up in a congressional hearing, it is usually a dog whistle, a blink, uh, a, a nod, to a hat tip to the media that the Democrats want a narrative out there. Nothing is done by mistake. Are we clear on that? I hope so. Yeah. Because I don't want you to think this was some slip of the tongue, this Democratic representative, Christian Amorthy, saying this to Fiona Hill. This was planned in advance. I'm going to lay out to you what they're doing and why they're frightened of this whole Soros angle. But listen to this first. You said specifically, when I saw this happening to Ambassador Yovanovitch, again, I was furious because this is, again, just this whipping up of what is frankly an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory about George Soros to basically target nonpartisan career officials. Isn't that what you said? I did say that, yes. And um, I'm sure you've been watching uh, with concern what's happened to other nonpartisan <laughs> career officials. We had Alex, Lieutenant Colonel Alex Vindman, an American immigrant, questioned uh, for his um, uh, criticism of the president uh, in, a, in a very unfair way, you know, basically questioning his loyalty to the country. I believe that he's also of Ukrainian Jewish descent. Would you say that these different theories, these conspiracy theories that have been targeting you, spun in part by folks like uh, Mr. Stone, as well as um, uh, fueled by Rudy Giuliani and others, um, basically have a tinge of anti-Semitism to them at least? Well, certainly when they involve George Soros, they do. Um, I'd just like to point out that in the early 1900s, the Tsarist secret police produced something called the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which actually you can still obtain on the internet, and you can buy it actually sometimes in bookshops in Russia and elsewhere. This is the longest-running anti-Semitic trope 
uh, that we have in history. And the trope against uh, Mr. Soros, George Soros, was also created for political purposes. And this is the new Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I'd actually intended to write something about this before I was actually invited to come into the administration I'm because sorry, it's an absolute outrage. <sighs> now, again, nothing the Democrats do is by mistake. Everything is brought up for a reason. So now you should be asking yourself, most of you are, you're a lot smarter than me and my audience. You all, I love your emails. You're up. Uh, you guys and ladies are genius out there. I always say the reason I explain things on the show, I think in a way it's understandable, is you all are brilliant. I'm an average intelligence guy. I have to explain things a lot to myself. And by explaining it, I weave my way through it in a way that makes it understandable for other folks out there too. Yeah. I like that. I just work really hard. Overcome my shortcomings sometimes. You may be asking yourself the same thing. Well, what is the reason, Dan? Why did this Democrat representative, out of the blue, in an fake impeachment hearing about a fake whistleblower, all of a sudden just magically bring up George Soros. Well, let's get right to that. The question you need to be asking is, why did this come up in context of Marie Yovanovitch and also uh, kind of cryptically in conjunction with the famous, now infamous, do not prosecute list? Why is Soros coming up with that? Why is Soros a central figure at the end, by the way? Well, let's get to it. This is going to take a little going down the rabbit hole, but get right. ready. I promise I'll tie it up for you. Why are they so afraid of Soros is what you should keep in your head or a deep look at Soros. Why? Let's go first to the famous do not prosecute uh, letter, which they say doesn't exist. Um, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of John Solomon, here is the actual letter. Um, I will read to you. You can observe it if you'd like on the YouTube account. It's irrelevant. YouTube.com slash Bongino if you'd like to see it. Here's page one. Here's page two. This is from George Kent, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent, who was the charge of affairs in Ukraine at the time, a high-level U.S. diplomat who was writing to a Ukrainian prosecutor about people they'd prefer weren't prosecuted. Uh, what's interesting in there is at the end, he talks about this group ANTAC and how they'd rather not have government, U.S. government dollars, how they wouldn't want them prosecuted, this group ANTAC. So there's the letter yourself. Uh, you can see yourself that George Kent and others um, uh, have insisted. Uh, it doesn't say do not prosecute, but clearly says we'd like you to stay away from these certain groups that have to do with this certain thing, the anti-corruption action center. Everybody get it? Ladies and gentlemen, by the way, yeah. just so we're clear for the liberals watching, because I know your skulls can be about 62 feet thick and lined with adamantium and lead like it's out of an X-Men uh, a book, comic book. That's the actual letter. Stay away from ANTAC. What does that have to do with Soros? We'll get to it. By the way, nobody's disputing the authenticity of the letter. That's the actual letter. Nobody. Kent, the State Department, Yovanovitch, none of them are suggesting that letter signed by George Kent is false or a hoax. The letter clearly states, in no uncertain terms, we'd rather you stay away from this group ANTAC, disingenuously called the Anti-Corruption Center, whatever it was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as we can see here from this piece in the Hill, this is a group partially funded by who? 
George Soros? John Solomon, as he's, I'm going to go through a series of Hill pieces by John Solomon. I'll, I'll put them up, uh, by the way, uh, some of them I, I will have in the show notes. U.S. Embassy pressed Ukraine to drop probe with George Soros during 2016 election. Well, Soros, that says ANTAC. What does Soros have to do with ANTAC? Well, Soros had a funding mechanism in place through some charities for this group ANTAC, where they donated, I believe it was something like $290,000 or so to this group ANTAC. Isn't that fascinating? So ANTAC, which George Kent, the charge at the time in Ukraine, working under Marie Yovanovitch, they send this letter to a prosecutor in Ukraine, Ukraine suggesting you should probably stay away from this group partially funded by a George Soros uh, philanthropic oper- operation, mm. money operation. Follow me. Okay. Interesting now that as we go on in this other John Solomon piece that the FBI had had some significant contacts with this Soros group. It's a little long quote, but I want to read it to you here. So now we have, you know, Soros has always had contact with liberals. He's a liberal donor. But apparently one attendee at one of these Soros operations there was Karen Greenaway, the FBI supervisor in charge of international fraud, and one of the lead agents in the Manafort investigation in Ukraine. Wow. So an FBI agent who's a supervisor involved with the Manafort investigation has got some dealings with this Soros group. That's fascinating. She attended multiple events and won glowing praise in a social media group from ANTAC, again, the Soros-affiliated group, their executive director. In one event during 2016, the FBI agent Greenway and Ambassador Yovanovitch, oh, wow, participated alongside ANTAC's executive director, Daria Kaliniuk, and Lutsenko, the former prosecutor general, was also present. The message was clear at the event, Joe. The embassy supported ANTAC, the Soros-affiliated group, folks. It goes on. The FBI actually confirmed Greenway's contact with the Soros group, saying they were part of her investigative work. Quote, in furtherance of the FBI's mission in the course of their duties, FBI employees routinely travel and participate in public forums in an official capacity. At a minimum, all such travel and speaking engagements are authorized by the employee's direct supervisor and can receive authorization all the way up to the division head, blah, 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 blah. What happens? Greenaway, uh, Greenaway leaves her job and later joins the executive board of that group. Follow me. The Democrats randomly bring up Soros in context of the fake Ukraine whistleblower, fake whistleblower, fake impeachment hoax. Fiona Hill, the so-called Russia expert, automatically jumps out and says, any criticism of George Soros will be deemed as anti-Semitic, Joe. Mm-hmm. Don't look. In other words, what are they saying, Joe? Don't look at Soros. We will, we will call you anti-Semitic. Ignore that. Ignore. By the way, that is so stupid. That is one of the dumbest things. Any leftist propagating the myth that criticism of a liberal donor's role in a foreign government's affairs that's now being used to impeach the president is anti-Semitic? Ignore that is it's asinine and beneath the dignity of even the lowest level human being. It is a scare tactic only. Don't look at Soros. We'll call you anti-Semitic. We now know Soros. His groups had a role in funding ANTAC. We know there's a signed letter by Ukrainian officials testifying to impeach Trump, George Kent and others, suggesting that ANTAC shouldn't be prosecuted by the Ukrainians for any potential corruption or anything. And we now know the FBI had a supervisor working with the group who later leaves to go to literally work with the group ANTAC. Oh, it gets better. Oh, yeah. 
We're never done here. And another John Solomon piece, he talks about the targeting of a George Soros enemy, opponent, business uh, opponent, business rival. I'll tie it together. Don't you worry. Another John Solomon piece here about the targeting of a guy named Demetrio Furtash. I see you looking confused over there. You okay? My wife is like, she's sitting there in a the corner like, I don't know. Do I have that? She's like this. You okay? <laughs> Everything all right? Thank you very much. You can leave that in, by the way. This is the best part of the show. This is real. This is enough from another John Solomon piece. The U.S. Embassy pressed Ukraine to drop probe of George Soros during 2016 election. That's the headline. Ukraine, behind the scenes, advice and support to Ukrainian partner and tax efforts to generate corruption litigation in Europe and the U.S. respecting state assets stolen by senior Ukrainian leaders. This is a memo that was written. The memo included a chart of Ukrainians. Listen, listen, listen. This memo included a chart of Ukrainians the Soros team wanted to have pursued, including some with ties to Manafort. Senior U.S. law enforcement officials confirmed to Solomon from the piece that the early kleptocracy collaborations inside Ukraine led to highly visible U.S. actions against the oligarch Dmitry Firtash, a major target of the Soros group and Manafort. Firtash is now represented by Hillary Clinton lawyer Lanny Davis and former U.S. attorney Dan Webb. Follow me, follow me. So Soros's group, which is working with the FBI and the US, a U.S. embassy in Ukraine, the same people at the embassy targeting Trump for impeachment now. Soros is working with them. Nah. The embassy is insisting Soros' group not be prosecuted. They're working closely with this FBI agent. And now we find out that the Soros group really dislikes this guy, Dimitrio Firtash. Where have we heard the name Dimitri Firtash before? Where have we heard that? Oh, Glenn Simpson's movie script piece from 2007. Yes, 2007 that he wrote in the Wall Street Journal. We can see it here, which we bring up all the time on the show, titled How Lobbyists Help Ex-Soviets Woo Washington. So Glenn Simpson back in 2007, when he was a journalist, ladies and gentlemen, expressed a real interest in Russia issues and things like that. He also was fascinated by this guy by the name of, oh, that's right, Dmitry Firtash. He says in 2002, 2005, 2003, 2005, excuse me, Mr. Firtash brokered several billion dollar deals between Gazprom and the government of Ukraine. They netted big profits for High Rock and criticisms from the U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine at the time for the deal's lack of transparency. So let's tie this little bow around as we get to a few more little nuggets here. Yeah. Now we know the U.S. Embassy doesn't want Soros' group prosecuted. They've signed the letter. I'm sorry to keep going with it, but it's important you understand this. You know, the FBI is involved and has some connections to the group. Someone goes to actually work there afterwards, Soros' group. We know Soros really can't stand this guy, Fertess, and wants him prosecuted. And we know Glenn Simpson, who I believe is one of the authors of the dossier used to target Trump, had taken an interest in Furtash a long time ago, back in 2007. So we know Soros doesn't like Furtash, and we know Glenn Simpson doesn't either. Um, ladies and gentlemen, maybe explains, given Soros and their liberal group's influence in the Democrat Party, how Hillary Clinton came to hire Glenn Simpson to write up the dossier against Trump, a guy who had already expressed an interest in a person George Soros really can't stand. 
Oh, you don't think Soros can't stand? You think I'm making that up? From John Solomon's other piece. Here's a great little snippet about the relationship between Furtash and Soros, who again becomes a subject of Glenn Simpson's ongoing attacks, Demetrio Furtash. I don't know Furtash. I have no idea. uh, I've never met him personally. All I can tell you is George Soros doesn't like him and Glenn Simpson doesn't either. Here's another piece by John Solomon. George Soros' secret 2016 access to the State Department exposes the big money hypocrisy of Democrats. George Soros is certainly big money. has donated hundreds of millions of dollars to liberal causes from the piece. For example, one DOJ investigation in 2014 targeted Ukrainian oligarch Dmitry Fertash. He and Soros, listen to this, both have significant energy interests, maybe they're competitors, in Europe and rival plans to rebuild Ukraine. After Fertash's indictment, Soros' business announced plans to invest $1 billion in Ukraine. Wow. Since then, significant problems have arisen with the DOJ's case, thwarting efforts to extradite Furtash to the U.S. for trial. Hmm. Okay. So now we find out we're not supposed to talk about Soros because the Democrats seemingly out of the blue say, now you will be considered an anti-Semite. A charge so utterly and completely ridiculous from a party so hell-bent on what seems to be the destruction of Israel at this point. Not all, but a lot of them. Yeah. We're the anti Are are you crazy? Are you insane? Why are they doing that? Because as we know, Soros' group now, the Ukrainian ambassador over there and the Charge and others said, well, you may not want to prosecute them because they were being looked at for potential uh, illegality in Ukraine. Don't prosecute them. We now know the FBI was involved. We know Soros didn't like this guy, Demetrio Fertesh, and wanted him prosecuted. We now know it's his business rival. We know the DOJ wound up opening a case against Demetrio Fertesh. And we now know that Glenn Simpson took a special interest in Furtash, too. Here comes the coup de grace. Well, what happens, ladies and gentlemen? Donald Trump gets elected to the surprise and chagrin of just about every media person on the planet outside of Fox. Donald Trump gets elected and the FBI realizes it's got a big problem. It's got a fake dossier on its hands. It's got a do not prosecute list out there. It not only has a do not prosecute list, do not prosecute Soros's group, but it's got a list from Soros and a memo stating that you may want to look at my business rival, Demetrio Fertesh, which they already opened up a case against Demetrio Fertesh. A case, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that has completely fallen apart. The case was based on a potential bribery. And the slide, I'm not going to get into the details because it's complex, but I'll leave you with this nugget. The slide they were basing the case on of a PowerPoint presentation that seemed to indicate bribery was not a bribery slide at all. It was based on a hypothetical by a consulting firm who would put it together. In other words, what if someone tried to bribe you? It wasn't (laughs) Furtash's firm saying, go bribe people. The case is completely falling apart. So Soros' business rival, who we're not supposed to look at Soros now, is under prosecution for the DOJ. He becomes a central figure in Glenn Simpson's operation, the dossier and elsewhere. Soros is not to be prosecuted. Soros is recommending his guy, his opponent, Furtash, be prosecuted. 
They have to make this all go away. The dossier, they don't want Furtash talking. Furtash uh, suspects he, I, he's claiming he's innocent, obviously. He says he's done nothing wrong. He's been targeted by the Department of Justice. Folks, they can't have that story out there. Oh, so what happens? Like magic. All of a sudden, Media Matters and others start putting out these stories. If you talk about Soros, you will be accused of being an anti-Semite. It magically appears again, a testimony. And Fiona Hill, yes, the uh, Protocols of Zion. What are you talking about? Look at this little gem, though, the cherry on top. Another Solomon piece. How Mueller deputy Andrew Weissman's offer to an oligarch could boomerang on the Department of Justice? Let me guess. Mueller's team figures out quickly, as you can read in my second book, Exonerated, where I detail how Mueller knows instantaneously he's investigating a hoax. So Mueller's job becomes, Joe, from the start, what? Mueller's job becomes to cover up this entire scandal. Yes. Entire scandal. But they can't have Furtash talking about how he's been targeted by George Soros in conjunction with Glenn Simpson and others, because it'll bring down the whole Spygate thing. So what happens? Furtash's team, like magic, is approached by Andy Weissman. This is crazy, Joe. From the Solomon piece. Quote, the ink was still drying on special counsel Bob Mueller's appointment papers when his chief deputy, the famously aggressive and occasionally controversial prosecutor, Andy Weissman, made a bold but secret overture in early June of 2017. Weissman quietly reached out to the American lawyers for Ukrainian oligarch Dmitryo Furtash with a tempting offer, Joe. Give us some dirt on Donald Trump and the Russia case and T. Mueller might make this 2014 criminal charge against him go away. How about that? How about that? Yes. How about that? How about that? Folks, let's just return to the beginning. Nothing. Nothing the Democrats do is by chance. They are involved in the biggest big money influence operation that morphed into spying, that morphed into fake whistleblower gate in human history. A liberal mega donor. George Soros and a group he was involved in that was suspected by Ukrainian authorities of some illicit activity. Cases against them were squashed in a letter you just saw by our own officials overseas working for a liberal administration under Barack Obama. They got caught with their do not prosecute list. The liberal mega donor they're trying to get off suggested that his business rival, who had a rival plan for Ukraine, be prosecuted, who was by the Obama administration in 2014 on a faulty, flawed case. Trump gets elected. This do not prosecute list and everything comes out, including the influence of Soros on the State Department and elsewhere. They panic. That's anti-Semitic. Nothing to do with that at all. Total, complete farce. They're making that up. And then they go to Furtash and offer him a deal to kind of make this whole thing go away. To which Furtash says, no thanks. Oh, by the way, Furtash is the same guy who appears in the 2007 movie script article by Glenn Simpson in the Wall Street Journal. 
in an influence operation piece. And Firtash is one of the same guys that continually appears in Simpson's ongoing dossier narrative used to spy on Trump. You think that maybe some of these groups that were dealing with these liberal groups and donors like Soros and Hillary were like, hey, go to Simpson. He doesn't like that Firtash guy either. Mm. What a way to kill two birds with one stone. They can offer to Firtash. He'll shut up. He just wants his case to go away. You didn't hear that anywhere else, did you? By the way, the more media matters, panics about conversations about Soros, I'm warning them. The more I'm going to quadruple, quintuple, and sextuple down on my coverage of his involvement in this entire thing. That is a one. I take it to the bank and cash that check. You will not. Do you, I am not one sliver of a hair length of iota of fear of you imbued in me or any of my audience. None. You have only encouraged me by your protestations to look deeper into a case I know scares the living out of you. I got more, including a troubling story. I'm going to wink at a nod here about the Trump family. What? Really? Oh, my gosh. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this is deeply. Try. I haven't let Joe in on this. Uh, Paula kind of had a little bit of an idea, but Joe doesn't. So get ready for this on the other. She's already laughing. Troubling stuff here. All right, today's show also brought to you by buddies at GenuCell, GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. Enter Dan30 at checkout for their special offer. What's their special offer? What's GenuCell? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, GenuCell, they create some of the finest uh, 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 creams for your face, and, and it's just terrific. They have immediate effects. They have, You want to get rid of that sagging turkey neck, ladies and gentlemen? Well, Thanksgiving's only a week away. Still enough time to get rid of that turkey neck. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I was waiting for that. And that sagging jawline and get compliments around the Thanksgiving dinner table. If you haven't tried GenuCell's breakthrough jawline treatment with MDL technology, go to your phone or go to GenuCell.com right now and try it today. Order today. Chamonix will include their classic GenuCell eye bags and puffiness absolutely free. I use this before I go on the air. My mother-in-law loves it. And you also receive their immediate effects for results you can see in 12 hours. Got a hot day? Try the immediate effects. And for Thanksgiving, GenuCell's offer gets better. <laughs> You're great back there. You also get the top-selling GenuCell eyelid lift for sagging, droopy eyelids absolutely free. You'll give thanks to Solidy for 10 years off your appearance, and everyone will see the difference guaranteed or 100% of your money back. That's the Chamonix promise. Go to GenuCell.com and enter Dan30 at checkout. And from now until Thanksgiving, you'll also get the GenuCell XV anti-wrinkle treatment. Gosh, that's a lot of stuff for fine lines and wrinkles as a third free gift. Shipping is also free. Order now at GenuCell.com and use Dan30 at checkout. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. GenuCell.com. Dan30 at checkout. Check it out today. Okay. All right. I know I'm, uh, you're going you're gonna to be like, gosh, I don't know why he's reporting this. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to read to you. I'm going to read from my phone here, and it's for a reason. You'll see why in a moment. Disturbing story um, about uh, Eric Trump? Yeah, maybe Eric Trump. Let's do that. Let me read this to you. This is a Washington Examiner. An investment firm linked to Eric Trump received over $130 million in federal bailout loans while his father, Donald Trump, was president and routed profits to a subsidiary in the Cayman Islands, according to federal banking and corporate records reviewed by the Washington Examiner. Financial experts say the offshore corporate structure could have been used to shield earnings from U.S. taxes. Oh, my gosh. Big trouble for the Trump family, Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, folks, what's the problem with that? You Can we all agree that's big trouble for the, the liberals are celebrating right now? Like, oh, they got him now. Boy, it sure sounds big, Dan. 
huge. It's bad. It is, Joe. It sounds horrible. bad. Yeah. Uh, the problem is I lied to you. That is not the article. The article from the Washington Examiner is actually about Hunter Biden. No! Now the liberals are like, no, 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 no. Now it's cool. No, Joe, now it's cool. So here's the article, youtube.com slash Bungino. Let me read it to you again accurately. Because liberals now are changing them. Now all of a sudden they think this is great. An investment firm linked to Hunter Biden received over $130 million in federal bailout loans while his father, Joe Biden, was vice president and routed profits to a subsidiary in the Cayman Islands, according to the Federal Banking and Corporate Records, reviewed by the Washington Examiner. Financial experts say the offshore corporate structure could have been used to shield earnings from U.S. taxes. Now, all of a sudden, Libra's like, no, no, no. Um, I, I, when it was Eric Trump, it was really bad. It's not Eric Trump. And forgive me, Eric, but I only did that, I think, as you would agree, to accentuate the point about what complete colossal frauds liberals are. Hunter Biden was obviously using his dad's name to leverage all sorts of business opportunities in places known for corruption and elsewhere. And nobody cares but right-leaning media. Liberals don't care at all because they have no principles at all. Right? You heard about Eric Trump. A lot of you thought, man, he's in real trouble. I bet the liberals too. Nothing to do with Eric Trump. It's a Hunter Biden piece. Therefore, liberals don't give a damn. There you go. Ridiculous. All right. I only got a few minutes left, so let's motor through this stuff. Um, you know, I, 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 can I be candid with you for a moment? I, I, I can. I mean, Paul yeah. probably won't like it, but I'll do it anyway. The, our show's done great this week. It's still going to be our most listened to week ever because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Folks, I think people are losing interest in this impeachment fiasco. It's a total farce. Nobody cares. Fox's ratings are high, but they're still down at the end of the week. It's just been a total joke. Candidly, folks, I'm tired of it. That's why I didn't cover it in the beginning of the show today. I mean, although I mentioned Chris in the I, it's more about Soros and his involvement in Spygate than it was about the impeachment forks. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a scam. And I could tell some of the shows yesterday, people are just tired of it. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, that's why I'm covering it at the end today. There were some important takeaways now that it's over. It's quick. I want to play for you some video. First, I just want to play kind of funny thing on a Friday. This is going to be our honorary news explosion now that it's not on Tucker anymore on Friday night. Friday, we'll have to do an honorary news explosion segment. Here is, um, I mean, a complete goof. I'm sorry, but it's true. Chris Cuomo from CNN. Remember David Holmes, the guy who testified at the impeachment hearing? He said, I overheard, the guy wasn't on speakerphone, but I overheard Trump talking to Gordon Sondland, and he seemed to have a magical hearing ability to remember every single detail. So goofy Chris Cuomo at CNN says, you know, listen, of course you can overhear people not on speakerphone. And he puts that to the test and just, I mean, you want to talk about like palm to face? Just check this out, this stupidity. (laughs) Very interesting theory uh, from our president that he has really good hearing, some would say, uh, the best hearing ever. And he's never been able to hear a phone call um, when it wasn't on speakerphone um, from anybody. So let's just play with that for a second. Mom, can you hear me? <laughs> All right. So if I were hol- holding the phone here, I'm with Dana Bash. You know how you're always telling we me to let her here. talk because she's so smart and I shouldn't say so much. Can you just say hello? Mom, she probably can't hear me. Mom, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. When you talk to me, I hear you. I'm talking to you. Say hello to Dana Bash. Hi, Mrs. Cuomo. How are you? Oh. All right. 
so, I, I can't hear your mother, Chris. Yeah, so you're you're over there. So uh, this is across the table. This is not on speakerphone. I'm sitting across the table. It's not on speakerphone. It's regular phone. It's two feet away from Dana. She can hear my mother. I'm not sure mom can hear us. Mom, thank you very much. Thank you for not saying anything that'll get me in trouble. I'll call you back. I love you. All right. Oh. Oh, my God. Can someone, like, I need to have, like, leeches put on my body to cleanse my blood after being exposed to this exponentially growing amount of stupid every day. <laughs> Cuomo on the air. Joe, you were in live radio for a long time. Yeah. Um, am I right in saying never ask a question you don't already know the answer to um, and never do something you don't know the outcome for, right? Yeah. You don't say, yeah. like, on the air, like, I'm going to do this experiment with a hammer. I saw on YouTube a guy put a watermelon on his head and a dude smashed it with a hammer and it didn't make it all the way through, so it didn't hurt the guy. So let's try, and he knocks the guy out with it. You just mm. don't do it. So, of course, Donald Trump and Gordon Sondland, which David Holmes, this, this bureaucrat I discussed yesterday, claims he heard the whole thing. He wasn't on speaker. So Chris, Chris Cuomo puts it to the test and, and, and basically proves Donald Trump right because they can't actually hear anything. Yeah. I don't even uh, have a drop for here's, that. <laughs> I, I, we don't. It, <laughs> no. It's not even worth a Muttley. It isn't because there's not enough Muttleys for that. It would be like <laughs> seven or eight straight Muttleys, which you at the end it. of the show would take up 10 minutes. It's not, thank you, Joe. You're right. Yeah. It's not even worth it. We need a drop for that of your voice saying, I don't even have a drop for that because that's how bad this <laughs> yeah. crap is. Yeah. Oh, Dano. Dano. Here's Johnny Radcliffe, excellent congressman from Texas. Calling out bionic hearing $6 million man, David Holmes, who managed to hear an entire conversation, not on speakerphone, from many feet away. Calling him, keep in mind, Ratcliffe calls him, he only seems to remember the stuff he's making up about Trump that sounds bad. When it's the other stuff, he's like, no, no, I didn't hear any of that. Check this evisceration up on the hill out. What was the first thing the president said on the call? He's dead. This was you had a clear recollection yes, of this sir. conversation. Yes, sir. Mr. Radcliffe, please allow Mr. Holmes to answer. Yes, sir. Uh, Sondland greeted the president. How? He said, I'm in, he said, Mr. He said, hello, Mr. President, I'm in Ukraine. I'm in Kiev. And the president correct, uh, said, uh, are you in Ukraine? You think he said, I think you're in, U in Ukraine? He said what? He said, are you in Kiev, Ukraine? What did you hear President Trump say about ASAP Rocky? I did not hear President Trump's side of the conversation about ASAP Rocky. You said, how did we go from the conversation was very loud and rec his voice was recognizable to, as you say here, when the conversation shifted, I could only hear Ambassador Sondland's side of the conversation. Yes, sir. As I've testified, uh, the initial part of the call, Ambassador Sondland, sort of when the president came on the call, uh, he sort of winced and held the phone away from his ear uh, for the initial portion of the call. And then at some point in the call, he stopped doing that. Uh, and I don't know why. I don't know if he turned the volume down. I don't know if the president spoke less, more quietly. I don't know if he got used to the, to the volume. I don't know what changed. What, what did change? It's important. This was memorable. I don't know, sir. It was Ambassador Sondland stopped moving the phone away from his ear. That's what, That's what it was? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For real? <laughs> this is real. This is real testimony. Real. So the guy has bionic hearing. He can hear a phone not on speaker from feet away. He hears it in detail. It was memorable. And the minute the conversation changes away from his allegations that make Trump look bad into ASAP Rocky, which you make Trump look at, he says, no, I didn't hear any of that. No, no, I don't know what happened. The phone changed. Yeah, that happens all the time. The phone magically changes volume.
Oh, folks, this thing could not have went any worse for the Dims yesterday. Listen, in the interest of you not losing any more brain cells, I had a, I'm just going to play one more quick. Um, it, it's not from the, this is Nancy Pelosi yesterday, and this is important, and we'll leave with this because it's some good news for the end of the week. Nancy Pelosi is having very serious buyer beware, caveat emptor. Uh, she does, I'm telling you, she's freaking out. Buyer beware and buyer's remorse about decisions she made and decisions she's going to have to make going forward about this impeachment fiasco. Listen to her yesterday and listen to the hedging in her voice, whereas a couple of weeks ago, she was so confident we got to move on impeachment. Now, listen to her freaking out. Check this out. Pay attention to the nuance in this. Check this out. No, the facts, are, we, we said we wanted to see the facts and we want the American people to see the facts. Whatever... Uh, decision is made and it has not been made yet whatever decision is made to go forward will be based on our honor and our oath of office not on the resistance to the truth of the republicans on the other side i think the sad tragedy of all of this is the behavior of the president and the defense of that behavior by the republicans wait we were looking for the fact you said you had the facts they were so confident in the facts a few weeks ago Now, all of a sudden, she's hedging. We'll see where we go forward. Folks, again, this was an apocalyptic disaster for the Democrats. President Trump should send them a thank you card. All right, I've got to run. Folks, we taped our interview with Don Trump Jr. this morning. It'll air later after our show today. Please watch them both. It's about 25, 30 minutes in length. Joe's uh, working really hard today. So is Paula to produce both shows for you. It'll come out later today. We're going to try to introduce them at about maybe three, four, five o'clock Eastern, depending on what time our guests can make it. The interview's spectacular. I asked, uh, I asked Don Trump Jr. about this specific question going forward, how disastrous this thing was. Some of his answers are terrific. Again, you're not going to want to miss his answer on his own political ambitions going forward. It's a great interview. It's worth your time. Check it out on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe free, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, really another great week. I appreciate it. I will see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.